Welcome to Echo Sunday Service Online. <laughs> Did you know that Echo could be your place, your people, and your purpose all in one space? It's a beautiful thing. It's beautiful. Do us a favor, let us know that you're watching. Comment below, message us, or send Isaiah a little prayer request. Oh, okay. Or we, us a prayer request. Yeah. We'd love to pray for you if you have anything going on. We encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. Stop by at Mail High School for one of our services at 9.15 or 10.45 on Sunday mornings. We'd love to meet you. We really would. Have you signed up for our weekly emails? Get connected and sign it up today. And thank you for your continued willingness to invest your finances into Echo Church. For the last three years, we've been saving and praying for a permanent home here in Rochester. Although the Lord has not made clear where or what that will be yet, we are believing that it's just around the corner. Can I hear an amen? Amen. 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 Mm -hmm. Would you consider a monthly investment into our Here to Stay campaign so that we can prepare for the home that awaits us? The easiest way to give is to head to our website or text any amount to 84321 to further the vision of Echoing Jesus in Rochester and globally. We hope you enjoy Echo Sunday service. Enjoy Adios. Echo Sunday service. Sing it now. No. Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> you can sing all
worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of all the breath we could ever breathe. To live for you, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, the name above.
Jesus, this morning, God, we just simply take a moment to just seek you in this moment of prayer. God, with our heads bowed in this place, God, I'm just reminded in scripture, God, when the Israelites were set out for 40 years, God, that the manna fell from heaven. God, that you provided in scripture. And God, I'm believing this morning for people all across this room, Jesus, that are in a season of dryness, in a season where they seem far away, God, that you are going to show up as provider in Jesus' name. God, allow the manna to come once again. God, allow it to fall on this area of our life, wherever we may need it, and all across this room, we can simply say amen and amen. Come on, church. Can we give praise to God in this place? Hey, when I was young, uh, my brother and I kind of had an ongoing battle. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like any younger brothers here, older brothers, sisters, siblings, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, can I have a little honesty in the second service here? Okay, it was always a battle royale. It was always trying to get the upper hand on each other. And this one particular day, uh, we had walked to the end of our long gravel uh, driveway, and we were waiting for the bus, as we did often. But this was not just a normal day. This was the, uh, on kind of like the edge of fall winter. Y'all get what I'm saying? And on the sides of the, the road, driveway, there were two ditches that my dad had created. One would fill up with water, and one would typically decently dry. And this one particular day, it had filled up with water. It had been full for a while, uh, but it had iced over. And so I saw that as an opportunity for fun. So I jumped on, or I, I, I gingerly walked on, I should say, onto the little ditch about this size. And I aside, and as my little legs could do, I would slide from one side to the other. Y'all, y'all ever do that before? And I was just having the time of my life. And my older brother saw me having fun. And he was like, no, 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 no. He pushed me off that ice and said, it's my turn. And then what did, what did he do next? He jumped onto the ice and what happened to him? He fell through it. Come on, come on. <laughs> Younger brother wins again. Ah, oh, I love the underdog. What I realized that day is there are certain things that don't look as they are. And when it comes to our leadership journey as we are following Jesus to be the best leader who, who we can be, we need to strive to be the inside, same inside as we are on the outside. Amen. That character is extremely important. If I'm going to put anything in my backpack today, it is character. But how many of you know character is made up of a few things? Character is made of, of three particular things that I want to talk about today. It's made of more than this, but I want to, to focus in on these three things. Number one is integrity, self-control, and as you see on screen, satisfaction. I think, well, let me, let me say it like this. We all are a character. The question is, do we have good character? 
<laughs> Y'all know I'm a little strange. Can I hear an amen? Like, you know I am a character, and I'm not just talking about just being a character. I'm talking about walking and navigating through our life with good character. Can I hear an amen? God has created and he has put within us uh, goodness and we are to, to be the same inside as we are out. And I just am led to believe that every leader is just a few steps of being led away from their character being good and their character, their character being discredited and dismantled. And the same thing happened in G, with Jesus. And, and let's go ahead and lean into some scripture today. Matthew 4. Matthew 4, this is, the, this is the story of Jesus being sent into the wilderness. But what happens just before that, and I need you to, to hear this to set up the whole story. And really the message for today is this, is Jesus, just before he leaves to the wilderness, is baptized. He follows a ritual within the Jewish community to be baptized. And, and he doesn't actually, it's interesting, he does, he's not doing that in the temple. It's not, it's, it's not this religious, it's this, this kind of anti-religious kind of renewal relational component that John is bringing into, uh, into the world that's preparing for what Jesus is about to do. And so Jesus himself being the son of God, right? He himself is baptized. What's significant about that baptism is he comes up out of the water and what does the father in heaven say? He declares something extremely important. He said, this is my son, who I'm well pleased. Or this is my son, whom I love and whom I am well pleased. This is what happens just before this text. Matthew 4 says this, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Did you hear that? Jesus was being led into the wilderness. He was led by the Spirit. So my question, as a leader, as all of you are leaders, I've, I've, I hope I've made that clear to you over the process of these few last talks, is you are a leader. God has created you to lead. He wants you to lead. But in order to be a good leader, you must follow. And Jesus himself is modeling that. He's being led by the Spirit into the wilderness. wilderness. Jesus didn't have to go in the wilderness. I mean, he could have went the other way, but what did he choose to do? He decided to be faithful with how the spirit was leading him. So when he gets in the wilderness, what happens? The tempter comes. Okay, the enemy, the devil, Satan, whatever you might want to call the adversary. He comes in and in and, and this Greek word, it could also be translated into tested Jesus or put Jesus on trial. It, it, I could argue the case that, that the enemy has put Jesus on trial to test his character. And what I'm suggesting here today is, is, is I've already uh, I've kind of alluded to is character is really in connection with three elements. And I believe this story begins to illustrate that through how Jesus overcomes these temptations. Um, I really want to lean into how can we maintain healthy and good character. And, and I think the thing I want to try to convince you of is this, is character is the building block of leaving a legacy of your leadership. If we don't have character, then I'm wondering what kind of positive legacy you 
might leave or what kind of legacy you might leave altogether. Paul David Tripp says in the lead book that we've been kind of collectively reading and, and, and combing through, he says this, the depth of your character will determine the reach of your character. The depth of your character will determine the reach of a character. And he makes it even more simple. He says, deep roots, far reach. Did you hear that? When it comes to your character, the deeper you go and the more firm you are on the foundation of allowing God to build your life like Dexter was singing, the further the reach you're going to be able to have as a leader, as a follower of Christ. So I'm interested in good character. And there's three elements and attributes that I think define good and excellent character. The first one being integrity. I had actually had plans to talk about all three of these, but I realized I cannot speak at 100 miles per hour. So we're going to pause on just this idea of integrity today and then lean into some of those ideas in the future. But let's talk about integrity. Integrity is this. It is the same as, the, in, as in the inside as it is on the outside. Can I just do a little mini rant? You know what really angers me? Easter bunnies. I hate Easter bunnies. My mom would buy Easter bunnies, and you know what she would do? You know what, what, what was so horrible about it? Is I thought I got this huge, huge piece of chocolate, but then I would break off its head and it was hollow. That is the anti-integrity. That is a facade that is false. And it was so angering as a kid. You know what I would do when I found out that? I mean, after years of, years of getting that same dumb bunny, you know what I would do? I'd break off the head in anger and then I'd go to the, to the cupboard and I'd go get peanut butter and I'd stuff that thing full of peanut butter and I'd be, come on, come on, now this is what it's all about. I need counseling. What I'm saying about integrity is this. It's you are the same person in private as you are in public. In the Old Testament and New Testament, they would use the word idol, false idols and, and, and idols that would be implemented in everyday homes around the culture of the Israelites. And, and for those that could not have a legit idol, what they would do and what they would construct was they would whittle this idol out of wood and then they would facade it with silver or gold, or copper, to, to, to falsify your integrity is to create this facade. Can I use this word for integrity? How about this one? This is breaking it out as simple as possible. You are to be true. True. Let me just, in an illustration I already just mentioned, how thick is your ice? I mean, really, how thick is your ice? <laughs> you know, my, my brother didn't realize how thin the ice was. And in your life, are you thickening the ice within your soul from the inside out so you can withstand the temptation of the enemy? How about this for integrity? I think integrity is quite a bit like this onion. And in order for us to delve deep and, 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 and really become the person of integrity that God calls us to be, I believe we need to start peeling the outside layer in to see if we are true in the innermost being of who God has created us to be. <gasps> Hello. <laughs> Hello, God, yes. Mute your phones. I've done that a few times. It's wonderful. But with those 
three elements, I believe, come three temptations of every leader and every person. David, Pat, Paul David Tripp says in that lead book again, he says this, the enemy seeks to divert, deceive, and to destroy. You want to hear that again? The enemy seeks to divert, deceive, and destroy, and what he will attack is your integrity. Now let's go back to the text. Jesus, after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Then the tempter, the one who puts Jesus on trial, came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. You know what the first temptation is? Is Is this, your insecurity will tempt you to compromise your integrity. This is what Satan's doing. This is what the enemy's doing. This is what the adversary is doing. This is the one who puts, the trial, tri- puts a trial together against Jesus. You know what he does? Is he leans into Jesus, his hunger, his food insecurity, and says, guess what? You, you don't have to do it that way. I imagine, and again, how it reads, it sounds like the fast is over, but I actually believe it's probably in part or towards the end, and the enemy turns in and says this, something like this, you know what? I know you're really hungry, you're insecure in this moment, physically, uh, guess what? If, if you compromised your integrity, it wouldn't be that big of a deal, because guess what? If you eat just a little bit of bread, no one will even know. I think the enemy, the, the adversary is saying, if you cheat now, you could probably get this over faster. Is, was it really important to complete the 40 days? See, this is where leaders may cheat. This is where we as leaders, we, we begin to hurry or we might just fake it when it comes to our insecurities. We're all insecure. I mean, again, I mean, for some of you, when I told you this a couple weeks that I am an insecure leader from time to time, or maybe all the time, uh, you know, like it shouldn't be shocking because I'm looking at a bunch of people who are insecure. There are parts and parcels of your life that you don't feel completely confident in. And I'll tell you what, the enemy wants to come into your life and leverage that to defeat you. He wants to leverage it as a tool to destroy you. And, 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 and as Henry Nouwen says, he thinks this first temptation in the book, one of the books that he wrote was this, is it's a direct attack on relevance. It's a temptation to, to, to get you to buy into the re- relevance of your leadership versus the steadfast nature of the relevant God that we serve. Every leader strives to be relevant in his or her context. But I'll tell you what, if that desire becomes too much, then it will crack our integrity. And so today, I just want to tell you this, is you as a leader, you as a person, you need to have integrity. I want to convince you. I want to inspire you to be that same person inside as you are on the outside. And in order for us to be a person of integrity, I think we just got to name some insecurities that are in the place today. Some of us are, are insecure and we, we just generally feel inadequate. Some of us deal with self-doubt. Some of us have relational insecurities. Uh, let, me, let me just kind of like rubber hits the road. Let me just talk about some very specific examples of insecurity uh, and how the enemy might twist and leverage your insecurity to bring you down. How about this? There are people in the room that your job is insecure. 
you're insecure within your job. Now, you could view that in many different ways. Uh, you may view yourself as an employee who, who uh, thinks extremely highly of yourself and you're worth every dollar plus more. Therefore, you are insecure in the way people view you and the worth of your company. And what the enemy will do in this particular situation is he will begin to whisper to you, you're worth more than they pay you. And if you're worth more and they're not going to pay you, then you go get what you deserve. So the insecure employee, what do they do? They, they begin to steal from the company. And, and then a good example that I've heard from over and over, it's just that taking that, that box of paper clips. Yeah, it's no big deal. Yeah, man, they, they never pay me overtime. Or man, they, they like, man, I was supposed to go to lunch and they took my lunch, my 15 minute mandatory lunch away. I'm just gonna take this home with me. Or how about this? It's non-tangible, but something that I know you do. How about this? We steal from the companies we work for because we just scroll up and down for a few minutes there and a few minutes here. See, what happens is the enemy tries to tempt us to compromise our integrity by the insecurities that we hold. How about this? There are some of you that have insecurity when it comes to your body image. And what will you do? What will you do that will compromise the health of your own body to achieve maybe something more or just straight up give up? See, what happens in an insecure person with the body image, they might jump into a crash diet. And then there's others that are tempted to compromise maybe who God really wants them to be. And they'll just give up and begin to just overeat like as if it does not even matter. How about this? Some of you are insecure with your capability in life. It's just in general. Some of you look in the mirror and you're like, man, I just... I can't really do much. I, don't, I, I mean, I remember, I remember actually, um, and I didn't share this last hour, but I remember a, a person came to my office years ago and, and, and they were starting something new. They were an entrepreneur and they were excited to, to try this thing that was new. But the very first thing that this individual said to me was, I have no hireable skills. And when I heard that, what I heard was insecurity. And, 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 and it's one of those things when it, when it comes to people who don't feel capable of is you begin to start believing that lie. Therefore, you quit before you ever even start. How about this as a student? There's, are there some students in the house here today? Any children? <laughs> I'm staring at my daughter and she's really uncomfortable here to the left. <laughs> How about this? How about this with students? Some people in this room, students or other people trying to achieve something, you are insecure with your knowledge. So you know how the enemy comes in? He comes in and convinces you to write something down on the back of your hand so you might pass the test. And then... He gives you the justification to do so. Your insecurity opens an opportunity to crack your integrity. That's what I'm trying to say. There are so many good examples that I can come up with. How about this one financially? 
If you're financially insecure, you are going to be tempted in a certain way that is going to compromise your integrity. I was just talking to a business owner outside between the services and our services, and he said something like this. He works in, in, in sales. He said, I've never seen a time in my life that people have less or don't have as much cash available. We know that, that we're pressed and, and we're being pushed and you know, there's changes in the economy and it's these types of moments where we can be tempted by the person, that's the, the enemy, to put us on trial and start believing that if I hoard this more, then guess what, maybe I'll survive this. But maybe regardless of your financial insecurity, God hasn't called you to hoard that toilet paper. He's calling you to be the generous people that he has instilled within you. See, this is where financially insecure leaders financially become impatient in business. They start cutting corners so that they can provide a product of a little bit lesser quality because maybe there's a little bit more margin in the making. How about this? Some of us, as we feel the pressure and, and, and maybe uh, financially we're insecure, as Christians, we are no longer tithers, we become tippers. Don't hate me. Don't hate me, don't hate me. But really, really, I mean, some of us, we, 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 we start justifying maybe rounding down is a better idea than rounding up. And we don't take God's word as it is. And if God has called us to that obedience, do we come to this point within our own insecurity? And do we trust the, the, really the messages we hear from outside? Or do we begin to just take God at his word, understanding that regardless of whether we're financially secure or not, there's always honey in the rock that God wants to provide how about this one when it comes to financially? Financial status, I think, is one of the biggest temptations that we experience through our lifetime. It's not really our financial scenario. It's our, it, a lot of us can really begin to compromise our own integrity when it comes to our financial status and how we're perceived. And so what happens is this, is if we're insecure about our, our, our house size or the, the, the age of our car or our outfits, what happens is the enemy starts comp, puts this compromising, compromising message within your heart to reach beyond what you can afford. And then what you realize is years later, you are steeped in debt and you carry the weight of compromise. This is where I think... About the, and this one was kind of hit home a little bit for me. If we care about what people think too much, we'll be insecure in the area of what we, in the area of popularity. How about that? And I think some of us, we've navigated through that type of temptation. In fact, it happened to me in ninth grade where I had created some fences, I had created some boundaries, but at some point, uh, because of some of the friends that I have had made, I found myself in a duck line on the Wisconsin River smoking my very first cigarette. 
And although that may sound like a very small compromise, what that led me into was two years of living a life that was shameful, that was, was, was like I knew I wasn't in where I was supposed to be. I knew I wasn't living up to, to what God wanted me to do. I knew that I had crossed boundaries. And, 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 I, and I just wonder if there's a leader in here, man, you just become so concerned about being liked that you have compromised your integrity. Patrick Lencioni in, in, in some of the leadership um, fables that he writes, he says this, one of the temptation of leaders is that we desire harmony, har- harmony so much that popularity wins over accountability. And what happens is this insecure leaders begin to lead where we allow our feelings and our fears to dictate our actions and we're led by people's opinions and, and, and we lose that solid position and that secure place that we're supposed to be standing on and that is the rock of Jesus Christ. Amen. I guess what I'm trying to say is this, is one compromised stone to bread today will lead to another compromised stone tomorrow. See, let me, let me say this. No one falls off a cliff that they haven't first climbed themselves. No one will fall off a cliff that they don't first climb themselves. See, integrity and character is built or it's broken down brick by brick, person by person, decision by decision, excuse by excuse, or for our case, overcoming insecurity after insecurity through the help of our Father in heaven. I can tell you this, I can't do this alone. I am not able and I am truly not capable of overcoming my own insecurity. But what I love about this story about about Jesus being tempted in the wilderness is this, is Jesus responds this way to his accuser, the one that is trying to compromise his integrity or convince Jesus to compromise his integrity. Jesus looks at the enemy and says this, in that very moment, he says, it is written in God's word, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Let me, let me re-paraphrase that if I can. It is written, man shall not live on human or personal insecurities, but on every secure, sure, and saving word that comes from the mouth of the Father. I'm telling you what, we will always have insecurities, but that doesn't mean that we don't have the security of our heavenly father that wants to create the character within us that we might live without us, within the outside of us, that he would sure our integrity, that he'd begin to build our life from the inside out. So how do we do that? Well, First of all, let's acknowledge it's easier said than done. Can I hear an amen? (laughs) Is this a hard message for anybody? It's a hard one for me. I think if we're going to stand upon the rock, then what we've got to do is name our insecurity and we have to step off it. So let's, let's name it first. Let's name that insecurity. Let's name that area in our life that is susceptible to the enemy's temptation. 
And I've given you some of those examples and there's a lot more to be had. And maybe some of those uh, are gonna be revealed to you by the Holy Spirit today. And I pray that they are, but let's name that insecurity so we can address it with the truth of God. And after we name it and we step onto the security of what God offers, let's go ahead and do this. Let's seek advice from multiple sources within our life. I think your character is defined by your community. Character and integrity is not a solo gig. This is something that we do together. It is a group effort. And some of you come into Echo, and, and I love that you're here, and, and you come late and you leave early. And, and, and I would just tell you this, it is awesome that you have found your place, and we're really glad that you're here. But if you really want to, to take a next step in your life, not only be okay with the place you found, but make this also a place where you find your people and that you do this life together and the people that you surround yourself around with is people of good character, people that are full of integrity, people who understand self-control and people who can do this together to support one another. And unshamedly, I wanna tell you this, is, is we think the best place to find your people is this, is to attend echo culture. Some of you, you've, you've made this your place, but you've not yet found your people and you're not living within your purpose. I mean, there is, I mean, let's just think about that. I mean, it's great to have your people, but if you're not doing something in purpose and utilizing the character and the integrity that God has given you, then it's all for nothing. Like I said, God desires to utilize your character and your integrity as a tool to make a difference and leave a legacy in your life. And quite frankly, you need people and you should find them. And honestly, my wife is doing a phenomenal job right now as we speak just over there. The first and second week of the month, she does Echo Culture. And I would just encourage you to jump on in, to find your people, to, find, to, to live within your place, but to do your purpose together with those around you. How about this? Let's, let's name our insecurity. Let's seek advice. And you know what we need to do? Let's bring it to the Lord. And let's pray and let's listen. And as we listen, let us receive what God has to say for us. And you know what he says to you? I believe he says this to you to be remembered the next time you're being tempted. He says this, you are my son whom I love. You are my daughter whom I love and I am well pleased. If we're going to live the way that God has called us to live on the outside, we've got to let God's word become a mirror to our soul and a reminder on a daily basis that I am his son, that I am his daughter, and that I am loved, and that he is well pleased. Let that be his message. Seek that advice. Pray and listen, but receive that as a mirror, as a mirror to define the soul, the inside of your being that you might be able to live with integrity. See, I believe we can overcome the temptation of compromising our integrity by living with the end in mind. 
but being steadfast in who God has created us to be. Oh, Jesus, we need your help. We do, we, we just simply need your help. Every single one of us that walked into this space at some point has compromised their integrity and today we just name it. Some of us, we've, we've not trusted in you the way that we should have. We've not stood upon you as the rock of all ages, God, the one that truly makes us secure, that, that eradicates insecurities by the security of the one who calls us his son, his daughter, that the one that truly loves us and the one that is pleased with us. God, I just ask that today that you would just steep that within our soul, God, God, that we would believe that we could actually live a life of integrity because you've created us with it. God, I just ask that you would bring forgiveness, that you would, God, for, for some of us that have quit before we even started, that you would just give us a restart. God, I just pray for some of us that God have regrets, that you would bring renewal today, God, that you would do something fresh, something new in our souls today, in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that prayer, would you say amen? Today, we're gonna to take communion in a unique way. If you have your communion cups, go ahead and begin to open the elements if you need a communion cup. I think there was one at the opening, the back doors there. But as we process through communion, I want you to internalize and, and think about this idea that God's son was broken for you so that you might have security in God. That you, as that insecure human, could find yourself secure in his love, in your identity, and within your purpose. So Jesus, today, as we are about to participate in communion, would you remind us of who we are today? We are your sons and we are your daughters. We are loved and that you are well-pleased. God, you died with us in mind. Your body was broken so that we can be made whole. And today I believe, God, some of those insecurities that we, address, or we deal with on a day, day in, day out will be healed today because what was broken can be healed by your power and your greatness. And so Jesus, we're reminded that your body was broken with us in mind. And yet we also remember that your blood was spilt that it was a costly, it was a costly, costly thing you did for us. 
and that you would remind us today, God, that, that, that for those that, that really deal with insecurity on a whole different level, that, that you would just whisper in our souls that we are worth it. You are worth it. That Jesus would do it all over again if you'd have to. So Jesus, we thank you for your blood. We thank you for your bread. We accept, we believe, we remember all things, Jesus. You are our Lord and you are our Savior. In Jesus' name, you may partake. After you're partaking, will you stand up? Let's just take a few moments and reflect and listen to the Holy Spirit.
cry worthy, we cry worthy, we cry worthy, idea that we're all struggling with insecurity and it might look different I like that Pastor Andy listed out a bunch of things it might be this it might be this like everybody's is different and we my wife and I and some friends were having a conversation last night we were talking about becoming kind of who we are later on in life maybe in college and looking a little different and I think about for me I didn't gain any real confidence in anything until I took a step with Jesus And I had just enough skill and just enough talent to kind of skate by and not ever put in any effort. But everything changed when I met Jesus. Now, I still am insecure about a million things. And I still fail every day at a lot of stuff. But it's different when you realize the weight of the world is not on your shoulders. And so one of the things we do every single week is we say a prayer together. And it is just that. It is a reminder that it, like we're just trusting Jesus. We can't do it on our own. But with Jesus, we can do some really cool, really powerful, really incredible things. So we say this prayer every week. We enjoy, or we encourage you to, to join us in this. And, and uh, let's just, let's take one more step towards trusting Jesus and his security. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. Let's celebrate a little bit today about maybe some people that said that prayer for the first time. Somebody finding that security for the first time and taking that step. I'm telling you, man, insecurity is something that could take over your life if you're not careful. But if your foundation really isn't on the ice that Ryan fell in, but instead is on the rock, I mean, there's some power in that. Now, another group of people we love to celebrate at Echo is those who made the brave choice to come into a new church for the first time today. Give it up for everybody new today. I just am always proud of people that go to a new church. Like it, it just, you just never know. Are they weird? Like what's it gonna be like? And I'm just proud of you if you're willing to make that step today. Uh, one of the other things, this last thing I wanna tell you guys about is uh, whether you know this or not, 
Uh, Pastor Appreciation Month is October. So what we're gonna do in two weeks, two weeks from today, is we're gonna old school pass some buckets and we're gonna collect an offering to bless the staff of Echo Church. The uh, board of directors got together. We kind of talked about how we wanted to do this just to, to bless the staff. Uh, it, is, it is a tireless job. It is a lot of responsibility and we have a small group of people that carry a huge burden for this church when it comes to workflow and, and all those things. And so what we wanna do in two weeks is really bless them. And so I just wanna encourage you to think about that and pray about that as kind of part of your giving strategy. Uh, but I just, I just wanna use this as an opportunity to remind the people that are in the trenches every day that are probably feeling uh, a lot of weight to just be reminded that we are grateful for them. So in two weeks, we're gonna take that offering and we'd love for you guys to be a part of it. Echo Church, we love you so much. We are so glad you're here and we can't wait to see you next week. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon.